I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with privacy attorney David Holtzman, Vice President of Compliance at security consulting firm Synergistec. David will be discussing some of the HIPAA compliance and enforcement challenges that are facing the healthcare sector. So now, David, based on what we heard by officials from Office for Civil Rights at the NIST OCR HIPAA conference, what's the biggest news on the HIPAA enforcement front, do you think? I think the biggest news is that the HIPAA audit program is uh, clearly lifting off and lifting off soon. We we heard Director Samuels talk about the pending HIPAA audit program, and then we uh, we've also gotten confirmation through the procurement website uh, showing that a contract has actually been let for about seven hundred and sixty thousand thereabouts with FCI Federal to conduct phase two of the HIPAA audit program. My sources tell me that the HIPAA audit program, they'll begin distributing the surveys within the next 30 to 60 days, and that they're also, OCR will be developing and finalizing a protocol. The information that I have is that they are going to be using uh, the protocol that's based on the HIPAA audit protocol that was developed in 2012 for the first phase of the HIPAA audit program, and they'll be updating that protocol for the changes that were uh, in the omnibus rule. It's not clear uh, exactly what the specific questions will be that will be included in the protocol, uh, as if you look at the protocols, you'll see that it covers a lot of ground and that there were selections whittling down into specific topic areas. What we also hear is that the audits will be approximately 200 desk audits, which would indicate that the scope of those desk audits would have to be somewhat narrow in scope to issues that could be easily documented by covered entities. So, for example, over the past months, OCR has been hinting that their interest uh, for the desk audits is in uh, risk analysis and risk mitigation and also looking at the breach notification rule. And that for the privacy rule, they're going to focus on some of the key areas that were changed in the in the omnibus rules. For example, updating the notice of privacy practices. And as we heard, both uh, Director Samuels and uh, Devin McGraw, the new director, new deputy director for Health Information Privacy, a key area of interest and focus for OCR is patient access to their health information. So we would specifically expect them to query organizations on their processes and policies for how they provide patients access in an electronic format to their health records. And of course, there were the changes to the breach notification rule. So they're going to be looking for how organizations uh, assess and notify individuals regarding uh, incidents that are reportable breaches. So the changes that the HIPAA omnibus final rule brought, do you think that will be reflected in the updated protocol for the audits? I would expect that they would be reflected in the audit protocols. And in past conversations, uh, OCR has been upfront in saying that those are key areas of interest for them. So now, based on everything you just said, what are the key messages that you think the covered entities and business associates should be taking from OCR's plans? What should they be doing right now, just in case they're audited? 
Well, the last thing you want to do is to get an audit letter from OCR and not be prepared for it. So the first thing that I would do is make my organization aware that these communications may be coming from the Department of Health and Human Services so that the folks who are receiving the general email box or the folks who are forwarding the mail that comes in through the postal mail, that they know the right place to route this information. But I would also take a proactive approach. Since we know that OCR is going to be getting this uh, this audit program, and that if you receive an audit letter, you're going to have 10 business days or two calendar weeks in which to respond, that doesn't leave you a lot of time to begin putting together the documentation that you would need to respond to the audit. So, for example, I would do a risk analysis and risk mitigation planning, make sure that the uh, policies are in place and that you have the documentation ready and available for them, as well as your breach uh, notification processes and those areas of the privacy rule which are of most interest to OCR, which they've indicated are the individual patient rights under the privacy rule. I would go ahead and take steps looking at the audit protocol in those areas and make sure that my organization was prepared and I had the documentation in place. So now OCR has indicated that the audits will be mostly desk or remote audits, but they would do some on-site audits. What's your advice for an entity that's chosen for an on-site audit? Is this something that's going to be a major headache for them? Well, quite frankly, an on-site audit, regardless of whoever is conducting it, is going to be a headache. The challenge is is to have the headache before they actually come through your door. So I would take steps to take the uh, audit protocol that is uh, either on OCR's website or organizations like HIPAA-CAL, HIPAA Collaborative of Wisconsin, who have developed updated protocols, protocols updated for the changes in the high-tech rule, and who have been quite fortunate coming and sharing that with other healthcare organizations. I would take those protocols and use them as opportunities to test my own organization and to begin gathering the materials and doing mock audits on my organization, testing the queries on a department-by-department basis, depending on you know what resources and time that's available. The challenge is, is that once you are notified that you are going to be subject to an on-site audit, you really have a very limited amount of time to prepare and and frankly there are so many other things going on as you prepare for the audit it simply is too late to begin a compliance program that will allow you to demonstrate compliance. Do you think organizations chosen for the on-site audits will be organizations that were chosen for the desk audits, the remote audits, and then something triggered something that now OCR says oh geez we better go there and take a look? OCR has indicated that they're going to use a process that is not based on a track record of non-compliance. They're going to develop a universe much like they did with the phase one audits and they're going to do that by the distribution of approximately 1,200 survey letters and they're going to try to develop a representative sample of organizations that provide different types of services are of different sizes and have different capabilities and requirements. With that said, uh, OCR uh, over the past year has been saying that they are going to weight it towards smaller organizations, smaller 
health care providers and smaller group health plans because the experience in the 2012 audit was that they were showing the greatest challenges in complying with the requirements of the privacy rule and especially with the security rule. So basically, if you're a smaller organization, you have a better chance of being audited? Well, let's remember that the sample sizes are very small. We're talking about a total audit group of approximately 300 between the desk audits and the on-site audits, and there are over, well over 3 million covered entities. So your chances, your actual chances of being audited are probably small. The challenge is, is that once you, if you are selected for audit, your risk area, your risk is extremely high. The HIPAA omnibus rule went into effect about two years ago. What's been the biggest impact of the rule so far, in your opinion? From my vantage point, the biggest impact has been on uh, business associates and how covered entities are working with their business associates. When we talk with organizations and ask them how they're working with their business associates, we're finding a big gap in how in organizations that are recognizing who their business associates are and putting in place appropriate management controls to assure that their business associates are that they themselves are complying with the requirements of the HIPAA security and HIPAA privacy rule, but also in managing their vendors in sort of a life, in the life cycle approach that we recommend folks taking with, uh, with vendors. On the flip side, we are finding a lot of challenges on the hands of business associates. It's quite variable, and oftentimes when when we contact business associates on behalf of our clients who are covered entities, we often face the quizzical look of we're required to take action under HIPAA, uh, which is not a good sign as far as understanding recognition. So clearly there is work to be done. And I think the, the audit program and the increased attention and work by government agencies like the Federal Trade Commission and the Office of Civil Rights and their attention in health care, I think that will help spread the word amongst vendors and contractors who are handling this type of, of crucial, sensitive information. Speaking of FTC, there was a recent ruling on the Wyndham case by FTC. What do you think the relevance may be for the LabMD case that's still in front of the FTC? Well, you know, that's very interesting. They are, they are two cases that are essentially testing the same, the same issues, but they're in different stages of their uh, of review. So the, so the Wyndham Hotels case is a lawsuit that was taken by FTC against Wyndham to enforce requirements of the Federal Trade Commission Act in which, they, uh, in which FTC alleged that Wyndham Hotels had engaged in unfair and deceptive trade practices by uh, not having appropriate security controls in place as they had promised consumers when they collected credit card information and personal information through their website. Wyndham uh, challenged the uh, jurisdiction and the authority of the Federal Trade Commission to enforce any kind of consumer uh, confidentiality or data security standards uh, under the Federal Trade Commission Act. So they were essentially uh, asking the court to, to tell Wyndham to back off. They, there's no room for them here. The courts clearly and emphatically, you can almost say it was a smackdown. At the district court level, uh, found that the Federal Trade Commission Act 
did allow uh, Federal Trade Commission jurisdiction over data security, and the Court of Appeals, to their opinion, if you read it carefully, it was almost as if they were annoyed that Wyndham had taken their time up on this silly question. So now we get to the merits of the issue in, in the Wyndham case, and it will be interesting to see if Wyndham chooses to pursue this in a lawsuit or whether they now understand and, and, and settle the matter with the Federal Trade Commission. LabMD is a horse of a different color. LabMD is is contesting whether the Federal Trade Commission treated them fairly. And they're challenging through the administrative law process, not just that the Federal Trade Commission doesn't have authority over health data that is that could be subject to the High Tech Act, but also that the uh, whistleblower that brought the matter to them was not truthful and engaged in misconduct. So uh, very interesting issues, kind of in two different places, but the decisions in each case will be uh, will be uh, fundamental in determining the role and the scope of uh, activity that the Federal Trade Commission will take in data security and particularly in health care. Thanks, David. I've been speaking to David Holtzman. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.